The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. Nothing beats a weekend away with the family in the great outdoors, whether it's camping, hiking, river rafting, or anything in between. With third-row seating, nobody is left out. The entire family can experience the thrill together, and nobody wants a dead phone. Available dual wireless charging pads make it so nobody gets stuck, and we can check our fantasy baseball teams together. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. <laughs> and first pitch, crushing! Deep left field! This is Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where fantasy reality. Now, here's Frank, Scott, and Chris. I'm not one to kick somebody when they're down, but Cincinnati Reds, I mean, what are we doing? Welcome in to Fantasy Baseball Today on Monday, May 16th. Frank Sample joined by Scott White and Chris Towers. Today on the show, we had a no-hitter. Kind of. Waiver wire atometer. We haven't done that yet this season. Our pool's pitching a game. Fun. And I will not watch another Charlie Morton start this season. But let's jump right in. Oh my good goodness gracious. You know, first of all, how are you guys doing, man? How's the weekend? What's going on, Scotty? You know, this is my <laughs> least favorite question that you ask me. I don't know why you're asking me. I haven't asked I, in a while. I so. had a great weekend. Let's go, Chris. I, I went to the movies twice on Friday. I saw two different multiversal movies. Did you pay for um, both of them? Yes. Oh, yeah. Right. I went at different times, too. It wasn't like I just sat through two movies. I, I went once during the afternoon because I'm off on Fridays. And then my wife and I went and saw Doctor Strange in the evening. Doctor Strange was good. Really fun. They let Sam Raimi do weird Sam Raimi stuff. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the Evil Dead movies, but they are like truly bizarre horror movies the third one is barely a horror movie it's fun though the f- one i saw before that everything everywhere all at once oh my goodness this movie is so good you guys i cannot recommend it more highly go see it while it's still in theaters i can't say anything about it <laughs> except that it is just delightful and absurd and ridiculous go see it it's so good all right so appreciate that and, and i think those words that you use to describe that movie Pretty good way to describe Hunter Green, right? Delightful, absurd. Uh, the Reds lose one zip despite throwing a combined no-hitter. So they walked the bases loaded in the eighth inning on Sunday, then allowed a run to score on an RBI ground out by Cabrian Hayes. But overall, Hunter Green was still pretty damn good in the start. He threw seven and a third no-hit innings. Of course, he gets charged with the run. Five walks, nine strikeouts, 15 swinging strikes on 118 pitches. Uh, he is 64% rostered. Shout out to you, Scott. Fortune favors the brave coming through big time for you. you had is Hunt- that my pick? Yeah, Hunter Green. Last week, that was your pick. Oh, last. Okay, yeah, for the two starts. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah, that did work out, didn't it? Shout out yeah. to you. Uh, so what do we do with this, Scott? <laughs> He's 64% rostered Hunter Green. He's at the Blue Jays this week. Do you just kind of pick him up, pick him back up and see where it goes? I mean, there's clearly lots of upside here, so probably does need to be rostered by somebody in your league. It, it does kind of feel like he's... It's kind of a tightrope walk here. He's, he's seemed to learn, now two starts in a row, that if he emphasizes the slider over that very hard but very straight fastball, that good things happen. It, it's, it's worked two starts in a row... But we've seen other pitchers try to, to navigate this same approach. And it seems, it, you know, it, it, it might have a short shelf life. It might have a short shelf life, particularly if he's struggling with his control like he did in this start. I mean, yes, he allowed no hits, but five walks is an awful lot of walks. And, um, you know, he's not going to be able to get away with that every start. Because he's not going to allow no hits every start. So, yeah, I think he probably deserves to be rostered. 
but I don't have a high degree of trust in Hunter Green all of a sudden. I think you still want to use him cautiously with the right matchups and um, not make him an instrumental part of your pitching staff yet. All right. Hunter Green, remember back on May 5th, he got destroyed by the Brewers. In two starts since then, he's allowed just two earned runs, but he does have nine walks during that span. Chris, do you like the idea of adding Hunter Green again after this start, but maybe not throwing him back in your lineup at the Blue Jays this week? Yeah, I think that's fine. I mean, look, the, the thing with him is he, he appears to have one really, really excellent pitch in the slider. And then the fastball, the quality of contact numbers are really bad uh, on this pitch, despite the fact that, like, he was a starting pitcher today who had the five hardest thrown balls in Major League Baseball today. That is really rare. You might see one starting pitcher up there most days, and he had all five. And I don't know, maybe the top ten. It only The leaderboard only goes to five. But... So he throws really incredibly hard, but like Scott said, it's it's been really hittable, and it was in the minors as well, and so he's got a decent whiff rate with it, but an expected WOBA of 512 with his fastball. He's given up nine home runs with the pitch. That's really, really bad, and so it's going to limit how effective he can be, but if that just becomes a normal bad pitch instead of, I mean, right now it's been like worst in baseball in terms of the quality of contact then there's significant upside here. So, yeah, I, I definitely think Hunter Green is roster-worthy. All right, let's lump Hunter Green back in with some other waiver-wire pitchers from over the weekend. And, Scott, we'll start with you. Do you like Hunter Green ahead of all of these names? Is there anyone on this list that you also like? Uh, Marco Gonzalez makes it three solid starts in a row. He gave up one run over six innings against the Mets on Friday. Michael Lorenzen, fourth quality start this season. He was at Oakland, seven innings, one run, three strikeouts. Uh, Bruce Zimmerman has now allowed three earned runs or fewer in all seven of his starts. Um, Nick Pavetta has allowed just one earned run over his last two starts. And then Martin Perez, his fifth straight quality start. On Sunday, this one against Boston, six innings, one run, seven strikeouts this time out. Scott, do you like Hunter Green ahead of all of these names? Yeah, I would put him ahead of all of those names. I think the most interesting apart from Green are Lorenzen, mm-hmm. who, you know, that trying to find the number I'm trying to cite here. He, he, he actually has like pretty good predictor stats in terms of the ERA, even mm-hmm. though there hasn't been a lot of strikeouts, even though there hasn't been a great swing strike rate, he's, you know, getting a lot of ground balls and mm, you know what? They're not as good as his that. issue is X ERA, I guess is the main one. The issue for Lorenzen is he actually has decent swing and miss rates or whiff rates on his pitches. The problem is he's just got massive platoon splits. I know he had a, a strikeout rate below 10% against lefties coming into this start, I'm not sure, you know, how, exactly how much better or worse that got, but that seems to be the big uh, thing holding him back. But I, I like a lot of the component parts for Lorenzen. And we might we might be to the point where some people. I'm not saying he's must add, but I do think maybe Martin Perez needs to be picked up in some leagues. He has really leaned into the ground ball tendencies this year, unlike ever before. And while his numbers are obviously unsustainable, could he be a decent play most of the time? I think it's possible. I think it's possible. And uh, I like him more at this point than like the Bruce Zimmermans of the world. Uh, some of these other guys you named, Nick Pavetta, Marco Gonzalez. I mean, I, I don't think Martin Perez's upside is in a different class from those pitchers, but I, I just, I, I, I'm developing a higher level of trust in him, I would say, than those pitchers. By the way, Lorenzen has five strikeouts to eight walks in 64 plate appearances against left-handed batters. So Ew. until he figures that out, there's, there's really only so good he can be. I will point out with Lorenzen, really like the matchup this week. He's going up against Oakland once again. Obviously, it's a great matchup. 42% rostered is Michael Lorenzen. And if you play in a points league, he has SPARP eligibility. So that helps his case out as well. Martin Perez, by the way, 53% ground ball rate, Scott. So I know you referenced that. That would be his highest since 2016. So Yeah, and he's throwing the sinker a lot more. So it's not just by happenstance that that's happening. 
to him. It, it seems to be a deliberate aim of Perez's. Uh, I also I do want to mention though, like if you're talking about waiver wire pitches, two guys who didn't pitch this weekend that I would take over Hunter Green or any of these guys are, are Josh Winder still, who's who's less rostered than Green, and uh, and his teammate who's beginning a rehab assignment, Bailey Ober, is widely available. So, you know, if you're if if you're debating Green or someone else, those are the someone else's you should be considering. All right. Uh, Martin Perez, by the way, he's 36% rostered, so widely available. He's at Houston this week. If you add him, sure, take a shot, but probably don't want to have him in your lineup for that matchup. A few other names, waiver wire pitchers that emerged this weekend. These are more so for deeper leagues, but interesting nonetheless. Uh, Chase Silself. an interesting name. Don't, don't don't try to say it too fast. <laughs> He's 11% rostered. He's a prospect for the Angels, and he threw six shutout innings with one hit, two walks, four strikeouts at Oakland on Friday. Jake Junis has now allowed two earned runs or fewer in all four of his starts slash appearances. He's been a follower, I believe, or a bulk reliever multiple times. Uh, Zach Thompson, two scoreless outings in a row. Rich Hill has allowed two earned runs over his last four starts. And Justin Steele had a pretty interesting start on Sunday. Six innings, two runs, 10 strikeouts to two walks. Chris, anyone catch your eye here? Chase, Silself, Jake Tunis, Zach Thompson, Rich Hill, Justin Steele. Uh, I think Chase Silseth is the most interesting of the group by far. Um, first player from the 2021 draft class to make it to the majors. Um and the stuff looked pretty good. You know, he was someone who was, he was like a 11th round pick or something like that, but he signed for way over slot. He got like $600,000. Um, so he was clearly more talented than the slot that he was drafted as. And the splitter looked really good. I mean, the fastball, you know, he came out averaging 96 miles per hour with his fastball, but the splitter, he threw it 35% of the time, got six swings and misses with it. A bunch of weak contact with both of those pitches. So... Yeah, I think um, Chase Silseth, I don't. Is he staying in the rotation, or did he already get sent back down? Because that, that was a doubleheader. He, has, he hasn't gotten sent back down. They, you know, the Angels like to go six man a lot because yeah. it, it gives Otani an extra day. They don't have. To, they didn't have to this week, uh, but because they didn't send Silseth, Silseth down. You would think he's staying in the rotation. Yeah, you would think. Uh, you would, and I removed Noah Syndergaard from the two star pitcher rankings. In that so, expectation. Yeah, no, he, he's, I, I, I'd probably rather take a chance on him than Martin Perez. Um, yeah, no, that's fine. Just on the option and, and over Michael Lorenzen as well. So basically everyone but Hunter Green that we've talked about so far. And I think Jake Junis is pretty interesting. Uh, the yeah. fact that he's throwing that slider 56% of the time, the, the, the Giants clearly, you know, have a well-earned at this point reputation for getting the most out of, you know, mid-career veteran acquisitions like him. And so his slider has been by far his best pitch throughout his career. I don't know how good he can be with this approach. You know, there's like Scott said, with the slider heavy approach for Hunter green, you might reach a point of diminishing returns. Um, But yeah, I'm, I'm interested in Jake Junis right now. I think I'd rather have him than Martin Perez too. I will mention with Justin Steele, again, he had the 10 strikeouts on Sunday. That was against Arizona. Faces the Diamondbacks again this week. So if you need a streamer in a deeper league, 11% rostered. I noticed in this start, Justin mm-hmm. Steele, he lowered his four-seam fastball usage about 20% compared to his season mark. Lots more sinkers and curveballs, and ultimately it worked out well for him here on Sunday. That was a very long, oh my goodness gracious, for just Hunter Green. But Scott, who would you like to <laughs> highlight from the weekend? How about old Chuck E. Cheese? Charlie Morton making us all look like geniuses for... You love to see it. You love to see it. Yeah, against the Padres, two hits allowed in six innings, nine strikeouts, 15 swinging strikes on just 83 pitches. He has now allowed two hits in each of his last two starts, but this is the one where the whiffs came back. Like... We wanted to see, like we love to see, and I think uh, I think this is the turnaround. I think you, if you'd benched him, you need to get him back in your lineup and just ride him out till the end. Because I nothing nothing looked that wrong with him, just in terms of arsenal or like like velocity, obviously. 
None of that. There were no obvious red flags. I think it was just having trouble with the feel of some of his pitches, having some trouble spotting some of his pitches, just normal build-up type of stuff. Uh, but I think he's I think he's ready to roll now. Is Charlie Morton? Yeah, he looked fantastic in this start. I wouldn't know because I didn't watch it live. I watched the highlights afterwards. But from what I saw, the curveball was on, looked filthy, finally able to command the fastball. That was a huge issue for him early in the season. And he broke a streak of five straight starts, Charlie Morton did, with three-plus walks. So getting down to just one walk in this start, the whiffs are up, the strikeouts, obviously, for Charlie Morton. So get him back in your lineup. On the other side, by the way, Sean Manaya. You know, gives up some hits and some runs, seven plus innings, but six hits, three runs, 12 strikeouts, 23 swinging strikes on 104 pitches. I noticed his. I can't, I can't believe his ERA is 377. I thought it was, I thought he was pitching much better than that. He, he had, he, has he had just like one big blow up start? He had a few starts where he gave up some yeah. runs. I don't think it was anything too crazy. He's, had one, he's only had one worse than a quality start. He gave up six earned runs in four and a third yeah. against the Dodgers. Everything else yeah. has been a quality start or better. Yeah, that but, I mean, too. even in this start, three earned runs in seven innings, that's not going to yeah. lower that ERA that much. Yeah. yeah. As, as good as the stuff was. And you, you were about to say, Frank, his velocity was up a mile per hour and a half. Yeah. And so the, the lost velocity suddenly came back. And, and I feel like we saw that with a few pitchers this weekend. Yeah, Robbie Ray is one that we'll mention too. A bunch of whiffs, mm -hmm. velocity up. So overall, I think a good sign for Robbie Ray. But I, this was part of the reason why I was in on Manaya coming into the season was his velocity being up last year and the swinging strike rate also being up. His swinging strike rate right now is a career high, 13.4%. So I know the overall ERA doesn't look too good. The estimators look a lot better for Sean Manaya. Uh, very encouraged by what I saw from both him and Charlie Morton this weekend. Chris, oh my goodness gracious, for you. Yeah, I think we got to talk about Tarek Skubal, who had an excellent start against the Orioles. 11 strikeouts over six shutout innings, two walks, only two batted balls over 95 miles per hour. He had uh, 21 swing strikes on 100 pitches total. It was a very, very good start for Tarek Skubal, who... I've been skeptical of so far this season, but he keeps pitching really well, and he, at least in the early going, seems to have fixed his biggest issue from last season, which was the quality of contact. He was one of the worst in baseball in terms of quality of contact allowed, 455 expected WOBA on contact last season. This season, it's down to 356, and we know that given the, the environment that we're playing in, it's relatively even better than that um, because quality of contact is not as quality as <laughs> it appears based on last season. And he's made some interesting changes to his approach. He's lowered his four-seam fastball usage. That makes sense. He had a 429 expected Woba allowed with that pitch. This season, it's down to 206, which would be... I mean, one of the best pitches in baseball if he was able to sustain that. So I don't know how sustainable that will end up being. Um, quality of contact, batted ball metrics for pitchers, those take a long time to stabilize. Pitchers don't have nearly as much control um, over you know, the quality of contact, where that contact goes, line drives, ground balls, as hitters do. So you know, it's still early, and it's still fair to be skeptical. Um, and the fact that his strikeout rate isn't dramatically improved from last year, it's actually a little bit worse, um, gives me reason to be skeptical still. But I don't know. I, um, I can't be too skeptical about Tarek Skubal right now. He, he's looked really, really good over his last few starts especially. All right. I think it could be a less is more situation too, Chris, just throwing that four-seam fastball less. Maybe that's allowed sure. it to play up better. Uh, along with the sinker and, and the slider and everything else he's doing right now. Again, that is Tarek Skubal. I will say get him in your lineups this week. He's at Cleveland. He's only 66% started. Cleveland is 27th in weighted on base average against left-handed pitching this season. How about just an oh-my-goodness-gracious right, uh, game? Sunday night baseball, the Cards win 15-6. <laughs> just an awesome game all around. I guess... Not if you had Carlos Rodon in your lineup. So I'm, I'm sorry. But Paul Goldschmidt went three for four with his fourth homer. The batting average is now up to 312. Nolan Arenado hit his eighth home run. Yadier Molina had a big game, two for three with his second home run. Adam Wainwright off the COVID IL, six innings, two runs, five strikeouts. Move over Otani. Albert Pujols pitching in the ninth <laughs> inning. That was awesome to see. 
Of course, he gave up four runs and two home runs, uh, but it was fun nonetheless. And then, you know, Carlos Rodon, he gave up eight runs on 10 hits over three and two-thirds innings. I don't see anything that stands out that I'm actually worried about. I really just think that the Cardinals did a fantastic job. They jumped on him very early in the count, and they were just attacking those first pitches, and they did a great job. So I I really just think it's a credit to the Cardinals. Uh, Chris, anything here to actually be worried about with Rodon? No, I mean, the Cardinals do hit lefties well, and his velocity was fine. His spin rate was was where it normally is. I don't really like they they didn't really even hit him all that hard overall. He had an eighty seven mile per hour average exit velocity allowed. So I I'm I'm skeptical that this is um that the Cardinals have given the blueprint to hitting Carlos Rodon, given how good he's been over the past couple of seasons. So I don't I don't think there's anything to be worried about there. All right, let's move over to some hitters. The waiver wire hitter ad ometer. It's that's a long one, but Let's calibrate this thing right now. 10 must add should be owned in 100% of leagues. I guess we could just do this in 10% increments of if it's fifth, if it's five out of 10, then he should be 50% rostered. Anyway, something like that. One, <laughs> you don't need to add this player. Uh, let's start with Yuli Gurriel, who had a big weekend. He's gotten off to a really slow start and then really got going. Eight hits, two homers, one steal this weekend. He's 66% rostered, has seven games this upcoming week against the Rangers and at the Red Sox. Scott, we'll start with you. 1 to 10, Yuli Gurriel, the ad-o-meter. I'm going to say 8 on Yuli Gurriel. He's defending batting champ in the AL. Let's not forget. Great lineup context. Astros still lean on him every day, even at 37 years of age. Slow start had nothing to do with that age, I don't think, because his strikeout rate is like 11%. It's just, it's as good as it usually is. Uh, and, and yeah, he seems to be heating up. So, uh, you know, I, first base is, is a position with a lot of redundancies and it may be hard to fit him on every roster. I also think he's best suited for points leagues since he has the great contact rate without the big power you expect from a first baseman. So that's why it's only eight. But it definitely needs to be up from 66. I probably should have lined this up so that Scott could talk about Brendan Rodgers. You could still talk about it. No, I actually think it's better. (laughs) (laughs) All right, right, Scott's incapable of thinking clearly about Brendan Rodgers. Oh, (laughs) man. All right. right. Well, let's hear what you have to say about him then, Chris. Brendan Rodgers also has a big weekend. Seven hits, one homer, five RBI. He's 60% rostered. He's got six games this week. They are all in Coors Field. What is the add-o-meter on Brendan Rodgers? Um, I, I think he probably should be like a seven or an eight. I'm not going to say a, a 10. I don't think he needs to be 100% rostered because look, the underlying numbers for him are still pretty bad. Um, expected Wobon contact is 362. It was 364 last season. And, you know, as much as we liked him last season, he was fringy for, for pretty long stretches. Um, and I just, I don't know if he can hit righties well enough to, you know, really be an impactful everyday player. He had a 733 OPS against them last season. This season, I believe it's under 500, which I think he's better than that. But quality of contact metrics are all pretty middling for Brennan Rogers. I just, I do worry that he's kind of just a guy, but just a guy who plays half his games in course field probably should be, you know, 80% rostered at least. So I'll say that. Hey, Randall Grichuk was just a guy. <laughs> now look what he's doing with the Rockies. Uh, oh, he's doing 260 now. Oh, uh, yeah. He's, like, we uh, finally got people on board with adding Randall Grichuk, and then he went, no, he went in the slump. Nice little no, nosedive there. Scott, would you drop someone yeah. like uh, Gavin Lux for Brendan Rodgers right now? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fine. Okay. By the way, just Gavin Lux's numbers have taken a – like his quality of contact and underlying numbers have taken a complete nosedive. It's – it's startling how bad his uh, his expected woe was down to 259. Yikes. And again, that's likely inflated by the current offensive environment. Yeah. So, all right, Gavin Lux, someone you could probably drop. Can you drop him for this next player? Let's find out. Royce Lewis went two for four on Friday. He had his first career home run, a grand slam. He's been playing every day with Carlos Correa on the IL. 49% rostered is Royce Lewis. He's got six road games this week. Scott, where is Royce Lewis on the ad-o-meter? Maybe like a, maybe a six. You know, it's, it's 
Car- Carlos Correa is about to come back Monday, and he Royce Lewis was on the roster before Correa went on the IL, but Correa wasn't able to play. And obviously, he'll be able to play Monday. So we haven't seen if the Twins are willing to move Royce Lewis somewhere on the, else on the diamond to keep him around. They may just send him down when Correa gets called up. I've, you know, there's they could potentially send down Jose Miranda instead, who hasn't been doing much. But that's only if they're willing to play Lewis somewhere other than shortstop. And he's played a lot of other positions in the minors, so he they they may, may very well do that with him. But we won't know until we see it. So for now, I'm going to say six for Royce Lewis. If he sticks around, then I'll up it to seven. All right. Chris, you get Jorge Soler. Eight hits over his last eight games, including four home runs, slowly creeping back up. Uh, He is down to 61% rostered. The add-o-meter on Jorge Soler. Uh, I would say seven or eight. Um, he's not a, a must-roster player, but we've seen when Jorge Soler gets hot, he has a tendency to get really, really hot, and sometimes he gets hot for an entire half season and you know hits 25 home runs in 60 games or whatever it was in 20, 2018. Um, or 2019, sorry. So, yeah, I think he's someone who, you know, when he's rolling, deserves to be rostered, and just you probably have a spot on your in your outfield for Jorge Soler. So, yeah, I'll 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 go ahead and add him. Yeah, I think I think I'd go 10 for Soler in Roto specifically. Sure. But he may be rostered in all the Roto leagues already, 61%. That that may basically cover all those any anyway. But I, I think he's a fringe starter in in head-to-head points leagues cuz yeah. You know, he he's op- he opened the season around 40th for me in in the rankings and I've moved him down, but it's, there's not a lot of guys I've wanted to move ahead of him. So I, mean, I think he's, he's absolutely a, a, a fringe three outfielder guy. He is, in, in terms of impacting the ball well, hard, like he's in the upper class of that and, and mm-hmm. consistently has been. The production hasn't been as consistent as the Giancarlo Stantons and, and Aaron judges, but he's in that same conversation for quality of contact. And if we're saying quality of contact is more important now than ever, I, I think I think Jorge Soler in 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 five outfield leagues and roto leagues is definitely somebody you're going to want to cling to through the ups and downs. Because remember, it was the second half last year when he finally caught fire from like the last week of July on, his last week with the Royals through the end of the season. He hit 27 home runs, I believe it was. It's like a 48-homer pace. Mm-hmm. And, and we've seen him have a 48-homer season before. So, like, yeah, I, I, Jorge Soler is, is, if you're worried about your team's power supply, he should be able to help with it at some point. Maybe it's beginning. All right, for those in deeper leagues, Scott, any of these names catch your eye? Let's say five outfielder leagues. Will Myers, he had five hits this weekend, including a home run. Uh, Travis Demerit, five hits, including two walks. He's been leading off with Ronald Acuna banged up. Cole Calhoun had a double dong on Sunday, including uh, six hits total this weekend. Eli White for the Texas Rangers, he has four steals over his last five games. The Rangers uh, are usually pretty aggressive on the base paths as well. And then Jonathan Daza had five hits this weekend with the Rockies. He's now batting 383. Kind of empty batting average, but he's got all these games at Coors Field this week. Scott, any interest in deeper leagues? Daza, Eli White, Cole Calhoun, Travis Demerit, Will Myers. My favorite has been Demerit because it seems like he's going to stick in the Braves lineup uh, with with Eddie Rosario out. Even when Acuna's been there, Demerit's stayed in the lineup. He's tended to. And yeah, he, he hits the ball legitimately hard. He may not hit it enough. The strikeout rate's been a little better this year. Uh, he also runs pretty well, so you, he hasn't stolen the base yet, but you could see that becoming a contribution for him. Even for the deeper leagues, yeah. But I, I think he's the most interesting of this group. Okay. Uh, Eli White was someone I was adding in those 15-team Roto Leagues, five outfielders, just because speed is so hard to come by. He's already got seven steals. 
I don't think he's actually that great, but the Rangers play seven games this week. Again, the name there, Eli White. Chris, any interest in these in deeper leagues? Mike Moustakis had a double dong on Friday. The problem, the Reds only have five games this upcoming week. Miguel Cabrera had six hits this weekend, including two home runs. He's now batting 297. And another name for speed, Andrew Velasquez, who's been playing consistently at shortstop for the Angels. His last seven games, he's batting 348, one homer, two steals, and he has six steals overall in the season in 29 games played. Chris, any interest? Moustakis, Miguel Cabrera, Andrew Velasquez. Um, Velasquez in Roto Leagues, just for stolen base potential, but I don't think there's a lot much there beyond that. Um, Moustakis, I don't know. He's... He's hitting home runs, but his underlying numbers are pretty mediocre. But the underlying numbers have always been pretty mediocre for Mike Moustakis, and he's always been someone who's gotten, who's kind of maximized what he has by pulling the ball a ton. And I don't know, maybe he can continue doing that, but no, I, I I'm pretty skeptical All of right. Moustakis. Scott, are you looking to add any Giants or Mets hitters for this week because they each have a series in Coors Field? That would include names like Mike Yastrzemski, Evan Longoria, Luis Gonzalez, who's actually quietly been pretty good for the Giants this year. Mark Canna, also 44% rostered. Any interest in those names? Not those names, but Darren Ruff was the one I had in my top 10 sleeper hitters column. He is... Hit safely now. Oh, he was out of the lineup today, but that's rare for him. He's close to an everyday player for the Giants. And I'm, not so, I'm not so today. sure, Scott. I'm not so sure because Darren Ruff, it looks like he he has been playing, but he hasn't started in five straight games. So he's just getting like pinch hit appearances, I guess, which is weird. Well, he's getting multiple at-bats. Yeah, I that heard on the broadcast that they pinch hit their cleanup hitter in the sixth inning the other day, which is... I don't know the okay. most the most Giants thing you could do, I guess. But yeah, he hasn't started five straight, but he, he is still kind of getting at bats. That's annoying. Yeah, it is. Okay, then I guess it's hard to recommend him. Sorry. All right, no problem. Uh, let's take a break. But first, if you listen to us on Spotify, I think about a year ago they now allow you to leave five star ratings. Well any star ratings, but we would appreciate a five-star rating if you listen to us on Spotify. Please make that happen. Let's take a break, and we'll return right after this. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. Homes.com offers in-depth neighborhood guides with detailed video overviews, comprehensive narratives, and unbiased information from a multitude of sources. You thought we'd go in-depth with player analysis on Fantasy Baseball today? You haven't seen anything yet. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood complete with a video guide. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. When looking at local schools, they offer test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know, all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. The news and notes. Byron Buxton is playing through knee issues and the Twins will be measured with his usage until it's healed. Sounds like maybe they might not let him run very much, but he still managed to hit two home runs this weekend, so... The bat still plays. Chris Bryant will start a rehab assignment at AAA on Tuesday. Could be back this Friday. He's on the IL with back stiffness. Jared Kelnick was optioned back to AAA this weekend. Optimal timing, huh? They wouldn't let him face his former team in the New York Mets. Suspicious. Anyway, he was batting 140 with a 37.5% strikeout rate. Chris, is it okay to drop Jared Kelnick? Yeah, it's definitely okay. I... In like 15 team leagues, I'm still hanging on to Joe Dell, so I would still hang on to Jared Kelnick. But yeah, he's droppable in anything 12 or shorter or smaller. 
All right. Uh, Steven Strasburg threw two innings in a simulated game at expen- uh, extended spring training on Friday. Miguel Sano was transferred to the 60-day IL. He underwent surgery to repair a torn meniscus in his left knee in early May. Alex Kirilov was optioned back to AAA. He was batting just 172 over 10 games. Scott, is it okay to drop Alex Kirilov? Yes. Uh, Matt Manning needs another rehab start while Casey Mize will have his rehab slowed down. Alex Fiedo will make another start on Monday against the Tampa Bay Rays. I would guess, depending on what happens with Matt Manning and Mize, you know, if Fiedo pitches well, they'll probably give him another start in the majors uh, later on this week. Mauricio Dubon was traded to the Astros on Saturday in exchange for catcher Michael Papierski. That's what we'll go with. <laughs> Robinson Cano will uh, officially signed on with the Padres. I believe he started on Sunday at second base for them. Yankees manager Aaron Boone recently indicated that Domingo Herman could stretch out to work as a starter when he begins his minor league rehab assignment. He's currently on the 60-day IL with a shoulder injury. I guess that would assume that they go six-man rotation or uh, obviously we're not hoping anyone gets hurt, but these things happen. Scott, are you look, uh, Chris, rather, are you looking to stash Domingo Herman anywhere? I don't think the upside's so high that you should be using a roster spot on him unless you've got unlimited IL spots. Yeah. It, maybe it's like an AL only kind of thing for now. But yeah, yeah. We've seen times where he's had value, but just a name to pay attention to. Some prospect notes. Riley Green was cleared for baseball activities after being examined by doctors on Thursday and has begun running on flat ground. He fractured his foot in early April. C.J. Abrams has gone 5 for 15 with three homers, nine RBI, six runs scored, and two steals in three games since being sent down to AAA. He's 34% rostered. I don't think he's going to be back that soon, but obviously it's good to see him hitting well. Him and Joe Adele, they got sent down, and so far, uh, yeah, both looking pretty good. I I think they're both more stashable, especially Adele, because Adele could be back real soon. I think they're both more stashable than uh, Kelnick and Kirilov. Fair enough. These names were placed on the IL this weekend, and really out of nowhere on Friday, Clayton Kershaw uh, with inflammation in his right SI joint, which connects the base of the spine to the hip bones which sounds very scary. Uh, he has no structural damage, and the Dodgers hope that he'll be back after a minimum stay on the IL. In fact, he played catch on Sunday and is scheduled to throw a bullpen session on Wednesday. That is Clayton Kershaw. Tyler McGill, also out of nowhere, with uh, right biceps tendonitis. He'll be shut down from throwing for a few days before being reevaluated. Might explain his most recent start where Tyler McGill got destroyed. Unfortunate there. Jesus Lazardo. Went on the IL with a left forearm strain, which also sounds terrible. Scott, uh, what, what are we thinking here? Are Max Meyer, Edward Cabrera, maybe fill that rotation spot for Lozardo? Well, I mean, the, the, my excitement was immediately for Max Meyer. I mean, it was an excitement at first. I was disappointed because you're right. It does sound like the sort of injury that might be a precursor to ligament damage, but the Marlins and, and Luzardo himself don't seem to be talking that way. They're, they're thinking it's going to be a minimal 15 day stint, more like a, he felt a little something. So this is to prevent it be- from becoming something more situation, precautionary measure, you might say. And if that's the case, you know, Max Meyer's last start Friday, I believe it was, wasn't very good. Mm-hmm. And uh, Christina de Nicola who is um, Marlins beat writer for MLB.com. Because Meyer's not on the 40-man roster, she kind of thinks it won't be him. Although and, I because, say, and because they're thinking a short-term absence. They don't... I believe they don't need... Like I think they have only 39 guys on their 40-man roster right now. Well, she said it was full. Oh, maybe but, that changed uh, then. Yeah, maybe it changed. I don't know. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm not saying don't pick up Meyer. I think he's been one of the top prospects to stash for a while now, and and all we can do is speculate. I mean, Lazardo could suffer a setback, or the Marlins could just say, whatever, we're tired of Eliezer Hernandez. Let's give Meyer a shot. <laughs> but I don't, yeah. know, I don't know that this is necessarily going to be the impetus for it. For what it's worth, Edward Cabrera also wasn't great in his most recent start, and he hasn't thrown... He finally hit 90 pitches in his most recent start, but he got a delayed start to the season. Um, Cody Petit's going to be in the 
rotation at least for one turn i i can't imagine that lasts so he was going to start monday petite but then they moved up yeah uh they moved up sandy alcantara instead Mm -hmm. right yeah he's starting tuesday i believe okay right yeah um so yeah i i don't know i would i would think max meyer is going to get a chance sooner or later Come on. Or sooner rather yeah. than later. Well, yeah, he's um, definitely going to get a chance sooner than later. But but it may not be Tuesday. Right. We'll, yeah. we'll see. But like another bad Eliezer Hernandez start, you know, then I think it starts to get more interesting. These other players also went on the IL this weekend. Manny Margot with a right hamstring strain. Michael Pineda with a right middle finger fracture. Ryan Mountcastle with a left wrist strain. Austin Meadows after he experienced dizziness, lightheadedness, and nausea on Sunday. Uh, James McCann will miss six weeks with a broken hamate bone. Josh Naylor was placed on the COVID IL on Friday. Joey Wendell with a right hamstring strain, and Nico Horner with a sprained right ankle. Andrelson Simmons was activated. Should you start or sit these banged-up players? Ronald Acuna has missed four straight games with a groin injury. He got an MRI on Saturday, but it didn't reveal anything serious. Scott, what are we thinking about Acuna this week? I probably would not start him in three outfielder leagues, but five outfielder leagues, probably yes. All right. Willie Adamas left Sunday's game with a left ankle sprain and a left ankle injury, rather. X-rays came back negative. Chris, what do you think about Adamas? Um, I, luckily, Monday's first lineup lock, I think, is 640 first game. So hopefully we'll have some details about that. But yeah, I, I would prefer not to, I guess. Mm-hmm. And the Brewers... Absolute more details. The Brewers do play at 7:40, so we should have their lineup by the time lineups are getting yeah. ready to lock. So I, I, th- I think his Adamus has been classified as a sprain, so that could still be, yeah. Unless I got the wrong guy. Sprains are that's that's one where it's always like, it could be one day, it could be an IL stint, and you right. just kind of, you don't really let know. Me, let me make sure that's he's the ankle, right? Ah, mm-hmm. I don't have it in my nets. Yeah, they, I'll look it up. They said. He left Sunday's win due to a left ankle sprain. That is Willie okay. Adamas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A sprained ankle could still definitely put him on the IL. So I'd sure. I'd be I'd be wary of starting Adamas unless we hear good news. Uh, Jeremy Pena has missed three straight with right knee discomfort. What are we thinking there? I mean, it's still a ten day IL for hitters. So you missed that many games in a row. I'd I'd try to avoid starting him too. Okay. Yep. Blake Snell will be activated and make his season debut Wednesday against the Phillies. He threw 59 pitches in his last rehab outing. Chris, should we maybe wait and see with Blake Snell first? He's been really good on his minor league rehab assignment. Uh, 19 strikeouts in 13 innings. I think he's allowed one hit. So, you know, hopefully that pretends good things. But I'm not starting him in um, Tout Wars. I've got... The likes of George Kelly or George Kirby, Alex Cobb, um, two-star Merrill Kelly, and a two-star Alex Wood ahead of him. So, um, yeah, not not looking to get him in there right now. Lucas Giolito went on the COVID IL Friday, but these COVID situations are really tough because we it could be two weeks, it could be two days. Mm-hmm. It's it's really hard to figure out. Scott, should we play it safe with Giolito? Uh, well, I, he he had symptoms, right? So I, th- I think it's going to be closer to the long yeah. stint for him. Yeah, that's unfortunate, too, because he recently came back from an injury. He was pitching pretty well. Mm-hmm. That is Lucas Giolito. A uh, few hitters here. Just pay attention early in the week. See if they're in the lineup. Austin Hayes, Joey Votto, uh, Jorge Mateo. Those three are currently a little bit banged up and or returning uh, from injury, I guess, in Joey Votto's case. What do we make of these three pitchers from the weekend? Shane Bieber, uh, solid bounce back, six six innings, one run, seven strikeouts to three walks at the Twins. His fastball velo was up a a bit, only seven swinging strikes, so I, I just, trying to figure out Bieber is tough right now. Julio Arias, he was hit pretty hard on Saturday against the Phillies. He gave up eight runs. Five of those were earned. He only had three strikeouts. Zero walks, uh, but he's now had four strikeouts or fewer in five of seven starts. That's Julio Arias. And then Robbie Ray, a mixed bag on Sunday. He gave up five runs uh, against the Mets, but he had 27 swinging strikes and nine strikeouts. The fastball velocity was up. Scott, we'll start with you. Bieber, Arias, Robbie Ray. What do you make of these three? Very encouraged by Robbie Ray. This was another one. The velocity was basically back to where we saw it last year. Mm -hmm. And if that's the case... 
you know, we just we just need to see him get those walks down a little bit. Him having three in this start is not ideal. It's not what he was doing last year, but I'm I was more worried about the stuff itself, and it's it it seems like it's come all the way back. So I would say of the three now, you know, a week ago I might have said Robbie Ray was the one I'm most worried about. Now he's probably the one I'm least worried about. Bieber's the one I'm most worried about now at this point. It, it was good to see his velocity tick up a little but still but, but not back to where it was still know? well below even yeah. pre-2020 uh right marks right so i don't think if if there is if it is a mechanical thing as, as he and the guardians have maintained he hasn't figured it out yet weird so. thing about this start is he went super fastball and cutter heavy um this is shane bieber through those yeah, Shane okay. Bieber through those pitches a combined 66% of the time. Yeah, my math's right on, right on that. Entering the game, he had thrown his four-seamer about 35% of the time and his cutter about 10% of the time. So he had largely given up on the cutter last season. Um, and 2020 was really the only year he threw it much. He threw it 15% of the time that year. But it was, I don't know, it was just an okay pitch for him. Like it got hit somewhat hard you know worst of his pitches strike or swing and miss rate was fine but I, I don't quite know what to make of that um because you know I, I think as we've talked about him this season i think the the sense was that if he was going to be successful and this is shane bieber it would be slider and knuckleball or curveball knuckle curve heavy and that's not what we saw in this start and i don't i don't know mm. i yeah, I'm I'm worried about him. I would still be trying to sell on name value. Again, that is Shane Bieber, so you can look to sell there. We had a nice pitcher's duel on Friday. Just an awesome performance by both Pablo Lopez and Corbin Burns. Lopez hit this most recent start. Seven innings, one run, 11 strikeouts to zero walks. He had 20 swinging strikes. The ERA is down to 1.05. Corbin Burns, seven innings, one run, seven strikeouts to zero walks. On the other side, uh, he's got... He had 16 swinging strikes. This is his uh, sixth straight quality start following opening day where he was just kind of mediocre. Uh, but the Sierra and the swinging strike rate are actually better this year for Corbin Burns than they were last year when he won the Cy Young. So he's yeah. absolutely been awesome. Uh, Chris, anything to add on Pablo Lopez and Corbin Burns? No, I mean, I guess Clayton Kershaw would be the the kind of cautionary tale to just remind yourself that just because Pablo Lopez is pitching really well right now, doesn't mean that the reasons we were a little scared off of him coming into the season, namely the history of shoulder injuries, it doesn't mean that he's past that just because he's pitching well, but he's a top 20 pitcher for me right now. All right, let's move into some starter sit pitchers. These are kind of fringy options. They're started in less than 70% of CBS leagues right now. So should we get them in our lineups? We'll start with Tyler Malley, who delivered his first quality start of the season at the Pirates this weekend. Six innings, two runs, eight strikeouts. Scott, would you start Malley at Cleveland this week? I'd lean against it. Fair enough. Let's move over to Eduardo Rodriguez. He turns in his second quality start in a row. This one against the Orioles. Uh, six and two-thirds shutout. Four walks and three strikeouts. You don't love that. He's at Tampa Bay this week. Chris, what do you think about that for Erod? My preference would be to avoid him. He, he just can't get swings and misses right now. Um, and I don't know what's going on there. His swing and miss, his whiff rate on his four-seam fastball has basically been cut in half from last year. Um Change-up swing and miss rate has fallen off. So, I don't know. I'm definitely a little concerned about it right now. He's still getting pretty good results on balls in play, but, you know, would like to see that change. The swings and misses, I mean. Not okay. the quality of contact. Logan Webb, this one might surprise you. He's only started in 68% of CBS leagues right now. He did turn in another quality start on Friday. Six innings, one run, three walks to one strikeout. Don't love that. The problem is he's at Coors Field this week, Scott. Do you get Logan Webb out of your lineups? I think if you can, I mean, he hasn't he hasn't been that impressive. He's he's been okay because the ground ball rate is is so exemplary. Yeah. But uh you know, he hasn't looked nearly as uh, effective as the guy we saw down the stretch last year and at Coors Field. Yeah, I think that's reason enough to if you can get him out of your lineup, do so. The whiff rate on Logan Webb's slider has basically fallen in half 
It was 47% last season. It's 24.6%. I don't really know what to make of that because spin rate, velocity, that stuff all looks mostly the same. And looks like the movement profile is pretty much the same. So I'm not not sure what's going on there. But that's uh, if you're wondering why Logan Webb isn't getting strikeouts like he did last season, that's the primary culprit. Paul Blackburn has back-to-back quality starts. He lowered his ERA to 1.67 this weekend. Chris, would you play Blackburn at the Angels? Uh, I mean, we've said no on everyone else so far, so at some point we're going to have to start someone. But I'm, I'm pretty skeptical um, overall on Blackburn. So I'll say yes, but I don't love him. All right, George Kirby was not as successful in his second start at the Mets. He gave up three runs, only one of those earned on over four innings pitched. He's only started in 30% of CBS leagues right now, Scott. What do you think at Boston this week for George Kirby? Did you just feel pressured to say yes to Blackburn against the Angels? Is You, you felt like bit, you yeah. had to say yes? A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. I mean, look, I, like, I would rather start him than Logan Webb. I would rather start him than Eduardo Rodriguez. I would probably rather start him than Tyler Matley. So, yeah, okay. I, that's a little bit of that, but, you know. He, he would be at the bottom of that rank list for me, for what it's worth. Uh, not think, very much. Not very <laughs> I'm just kidding. I mean, part of the issue with this exercise is just, like, these are all one-start pitchers who are, by definition, not must-start. So. Yep. It, it's just who else do you have is really the ultimate question. So it, it's hard to give a decisive answer, yes or no, on any of them. But I think I'll give I, one. I think George Kirby is the most interesting to me, even though his second start was lackluster. I just, I, you know, the Red Sox are a decent matchup, and I think the stuff is really good, and it, you at least know he's going to throw strikes. Uh, Hyunjin Ryu made his return over the weekend at Tampa Bay. He allowed one run over four and two thirds. He is up against the Cincinnati Reds this week, which is a good matchup. What do you think there, Chris? I will give a definitive yes on this one. All right. It's the Reds. It's the Reds. It's the Reds. You know, it is Ryu, though. I, 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 <laughs> I will start him against the Reds. All right. Uh, Trevor Rogers. Finally has that standout strikeout performance that we were looking for. He gives up one run over five and a third, eight strikeouts against the Brewers this weekend. He is at home against the Braves. What do you think, Scott? Trevor Rogers? I mean, he's not must start. I, I wish more of the whiffs that he got in this last start were on the changeup. Because yep. that's supposed to be his strikeout pitch. And it wasn't in this start. It hasn't been all year. So I don't know that he's fixed. And the Braves, you know, they can do some damage. So, you know, most cases I think I'd probably start Trevor Rogers, but, you know, weigh your options. What about Luis Castillo? Again, another slow start so far this season. He allowed three runs over five innings pitch. He only had six swinging strikes at the Pirates this weekend. Chris, would you start Luis Castillo at the Blue Jays? <laughs> I would try not to. Yeah. Last one on this yeah, list. I, seems, I would rather start Hyunjin right Ryu. Yeah, the velo for uh, Luis Castillo fastball down two miles per hour compared to last year, which again he his velo started off slow last year and then slowly you know continued to rise throughout the season. But so far, not so good for Luis Castillo. Tristan McKenzie is the last one on this list. He gave up three runs over seven innings against the Twins on Sunday. Fifteen swinging strikes. He likes to see that. Uh, Scott, would you start him against the Tigers? That's Tristan McKenzie. Yeah, I'd lean yes on that. Yeah, I like that one too. Let's wrap up with some leftovers from the weekend, some studs being studs. Part one, starting pitcher edition. Max Scherzer, another strong start, seven innings, one run, six strikeouts. Zach Gallen had his fourth straight quality start, this one up against the Cubs. Framber Valdez, he makes it four straight quality starts, this one at the Nationals. And then Justin Verlander, two scoreless outings in a row. He got his swinging strikes up to 17 in this start. That was a season high for Verlander. Chris, anything on Scherzer, Gallen? Valdez, Justin Verlander. No, I would just, with Gallon in particular, I think the the caveat that we threw out there with Pablo Lopez applies for him as well. Just 
just because he's healthy right now doesn't mean he's going to continue to stay healthy. And I, I think he's there's still a, a buy or a sell high window with Zach Gallen if you know someone is willing to pay something like full price for what he's doing right now. I got to say, though, I, there's nobody I feel wronger about than Zach Gallen at this point in the season. Like, he just, I did not expect him to even look good. He's looked really good. Yeah, I'm surprised at the velocity being up. I mean, it was so interesting because he came back from the injury last year and was throwing a ton of, ton of pitches. And so clearly he was feeling good. Um, but yeah, I definitely didn't expect this kind of production from him. I think the control is what stands out most for me with Zach Allen. Yeah. He has one walk or less in five of six starts this season. And entering 2022, he was averaging over three walks per nine. So out of nowhere, yeah. the velo is up. The control is much better for Zach Allen. He's going deep into his starts. It all looks really good it, it, without, you know, and then you remember that he has in, these injuries kind of lurking. So keep that in the back of your mind. Studs being studs part two, nasty Nestor. He was at it again uh, at the White Sox on Sunday. Eight innings, one run, seven strikeouts, two zero walks, lowers his ERA to 1.35. Frankie Montas gives up two runs over six innings against the Angels, 12 strikeouts against that Angels lineup. Very impressive. And then Aaron Nola as well. He was at the Dodgers on Sunday, seven innings, two runs, eight strikeouts in this one. Gets the ERA down to 3.64. Scott, anything on Nola, Montas, Nestor Cortez? I mean, not really anything new to say analysis wise i frankie montas i i think with the 22 whiffs in this game he now has both the best ground ball rate and the best swinging strike rate of his career so if you needed more reason to buy into him i'll add that i'll i'll i guess i'll be the wet blanket and say that i don't think nestor cortez is going to continue uh to be this like hugely impactful pitcher i i think he's probably going to be decent but like Get out, Chris. He's got Just... a 33% strikeout or 34% <laughs> strikeout rate right now. And without a swing, a whiff rate over 40, or he doesn't have a whiff rate on over, over 28% on any of his pitches. So I have a hard time seeing this being like, do we really think a guy with a 12% whiff rate on his most used breaking ball, his slider is going to keep throwing 34, a 34% strikeout rate? Like really? No. Or anywhere close to it? Like, I get it. It's a great story. He's super fun to watch. I, I, I love watching him pitch. I hope I'm wrong, but I I feel like he's one of the more obvious sell high pitchers out there right now. I just don't know if you'll get anything for him because I think a lot of people probably think along the same lines as you, Chris. Or yeah, maybe I mean, maybe you play. Well, I I think I think. Yeah, I mean, I haven't moved. Like, I'm I'm not viewing Nestor Cortez as like a Cy Young candidate or anything. You're right; he has like 12K per nine right now, and that's obviously hard to believe. But like, just in a direction, like, do you think he's good or do you think he's bad? Do you think he's close closer to must start or or streamer? I I I, I think closer to must start is what I'd say, and that's that's probably en- enough for me to hold on to him. But if if you think you can shop him like an ace course yeah like I, I view him more like a top 50 pitcher than a top 30 pitcher yeah yeah i think that and makes so perfect sense. if i can get top 30 pitcher value for him you know I, that's something that i would do sure fair enough uh some hitting leftovers from the weekend i'll give credit where it's due i'm always ragging on joey gallo five hits over his last five games including two homers he's got seven games this week just one lefty on the schedule whip merrifield a strong weekend in Coors field he needed that five hits one homer one steal taylor ward had six hits this weekend as well including his eighth home run rafael devers is heating up his last seven games he's batting 467 with two homers i don't know what has gotten into gene segura but he is on fire. In the month of May, he's batting 432 with four homers, three steals, a 1217 OPS. It's like he turned into Fernando Tatis for the month of May. I, I don't really know what's <laughs> going on, but he's been amazing. Julio Rodriguez with the first four-hit game of his young career. He goes four for four on Sunday's second home run of the season. His batting average is now up to 264. Colton Wong had a monster game on Sunday. He went two for two with three walks, a homer, 
two steals. He's now up to three home runs overall, eight stolen bases. Adolis Garcia had a double dong on Sunday. The batting average leaves a lot to be desired, but he does have six home runs and four steals. And Mookie Betts had a strong weekend. Five hits, two homers. He is up to seven home runs and three steals himself. Some bullpen updates for the Tigers. Uh, Gregory Soto on Friday entered with a two-run lead. He hit two batters. Then he had a walk. He got pulled for Will Vest, who picked up his first save. Numbers look really strong for Will Vest. And then on Saturday, Soto did bounce back with his fifth save. Scott, you and I were talking beforehand. In some deeper leagues, uh, we were looking into Will Vest this weekend. Yeah, I mean, those deeper 15-team Roto leagues where whenever a new save source emerges, they go for like a quarter of your fab (laughs) budget. You have to kind of... You have to be a little more proactive in, in identifying these guys early. And Will Vest is a guy I made a point to add for a couple of bucks because Soto has struggled with he struggled with his control his whole year, uh, his whole career, but especially this year. And uh, it's worth pointing out AJ Hinch mentioned that Soto would is still his closer after Vest got this save. So it's it's he, he wasn't to the point of thinking of making a change yet, but Vest has been their best reliever this year, and so if he was going to make a change, that that seems likely it would be to him. All right, for the Mariners this weekend, uh, Paul Sewald on Friday night recorded four outs over the seventh and eighth innings. Drew Steckenrider picked up his second save of the season. It was his first since April 8th. So I mean, that was the Sewald save on May 10th was their first since, I believe, April 22nd. Yeah. Just as a team. The yeah. Mariners had been in a total free fall. So, I don't know. Yeah, it's That's, it's weird. And then on Sunday, yeah. so Paul Sewald pitched in the eighth. Drew Steckenrider started the ninth inning with a three-run lead. It was eight to five. He gave up four hits, two runs. So they he was in for the save, but then he got pulled for Diego Castillo, who uh, recorded the final two outs for his second save. The Mariners just seems completely up in the air right now yeah. when it comes to saves. For Tampa Bay, uh, Brooks Raley pitched in the eighth inning on Friday night. He gave up three hits and a run without recording an out. Uh, Andrew Kittredge relieved him. He got out of it. Jason Adam, who also has great numbers this season, picked up his first save uh, in the, I believe it was the 10th inning of that game. And then Kittredge bounced back on Saturday, picked up his fifth save. The Rays are kind of doing Rays things right now, but it's been Kittredge and Raley and now Jason Adam is just a name to watch there. For Kansas City, Josh Dalmont pitched in the eighth inning on Friday. Scott Barlow picked up his third save. And then uh, same thing on Sunday. Scott Barlow picked up his fourth save. Uh, I, I, feel like, I feel like Barlow's settling in here. That's yeah. not, yeah, I don't think that's a split at this point. Stalmont doesn't have a save since the 19th of April. And he's been pretty shaky, so it's, yeah. it's understandable why they've gone away from him. I dropped Stalmont for Will Vest in that deeper categories league so i'm all right yep, making that, move. Do that for the diamondbacks uh mark melanson picked up his seventh save on friday and then on saturday he gave up three runs on two hits two walks on sunday ian kennedy was pitching in the ninth inning in a tie game he gave up two hits and, and a run he takes the loss diamondbacks bullpen i i don't think either one is very good mark melanson and ian kennedy but uh it's you know we're we're kind of running out of time here for Mark Melanson. For the Cardinals on Saturday, Ryan Helsley, he pitched in the seventh inning. Uh, he got the next five outs in that game. Giovanni Gallegos pitched in the, in the ninth. Rowan Wick picked up three saves over the last four games for the Cubs. David Robertson is currently on the COVID IL. And then for the Twins on Sunday, Emilio Pagan gave up a hit, but he struck out one for his fifth save. His ERA is down to 1.54. To stream, he, he does have like a walk per inning, though, just to point out. Amelia, and if Amelia I could Pagan? sneak in... Yeah, Pagan does. Okay. If I could sneak in another sneaky Do it. potential closer pickup, Do it. Matt Barnes, his, his most recent outing over the weekend, the velocity was back. And that's, I think, what Alex Cora was waiting to see from him so we'll see if it holds up in the next outing but good good early indication there from Barnes uh, streamers for Monday let's start with Kyle Bradish up against the Yankees Alex Fiedo at the Rays Jake Odorizzi at the Red Sox John Gray versus the Angels Brad Keller versus the White Sox Chris Archer at the A's and Zach Logue versus the Twins to put this into context, all those one-start pitchers we said no to earlier are yeses over these guys, okay? 
Scott hates streamers. <laughs> and these are all mostly going to be two-star guys. Yeah. Uh, I think Brad Keller would be my choice from this list. Yeah, I don't, I don't love anybody. Yeah, I would try to avoid it. I think Fiedo is kind of interesting. Same thing with Zach Logue, but I'd rather stay away. Tuesday, yeah. Connor Overton at Cleveland. JT Brubaker at the Cubs. Adrian Hauser versus the Braves. Chad Cool versus the Giants. James Caprillion versus the Twins. In case you thought it couldn't get worse, Scott. <laughs> it got worse. Yeah, no, it's bad. You're making me start somebody Hauser, but I don't want to do it. Don't yeah. do it. All right, we're going to wrap there. For Scott, Chris, I am Frank. Thank you all for listening and watching Fantasy Baseball today. We'll be back again tomorrow. Bye-bye. Worn by players like Michael Harris to meet the demand of elite ball players, the New Balance Fuel Cell 4040 V7 is a versatile option. The 4040 V7 is built for the athlete who needs responsiveness and ability to cut and run at their full speed. The model features a fuel cell foam underfoot and a synthetic and mesh upper to provide breathability, comfort, and a snug fit as you round the bases. The fuel cell midsole features nitrogen-infused foam specifically designed to propel athletes forward. Learn more about the 4040 at newbalance.com.